Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Romans. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that... While we still were sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I remember where I was when the planes hit the Twin Towers on September 11th, 2001. It was the day of opening convocation at Presbyterian College. We were starting to gather outside for the procession and the Two or three students who had cell phones were the only ones who knew what was going on. Looking up from their phones, they were saying things that didn't make any sense at the time, like another one's on the way to the Pentagon. At the time, I didn't understand what that meant. Today, it makes sense. To then, it all sounded impossible. And because being attacked was an impossibility... No one was prepared. No one knew what to do. The opening convocation was canceled. Most students went back to their dorm rooms to call their parents or watch the news. On every channel were the same images again and again. Airplanes hitting the Twin Towers, a a dust cloud, first responders rushing in. Eventually, not knowing what else to do, I walked into Professor Smith's history class. About half of my classmates were in there. It was a class on the history of India. Without saying anything, he opened a book of ancient Indian folk stories and read to us one story after another. He just read stories to us as though we were back in kindergarten. Once an hour had passed, he said something like, Thank you for letting me read these stories to you. On a day like today, it felt good to read these beautiful stories and to be reminded that while we humans are capable of inflicting terrible violence on each other, we are also capable of writing beautiful stories. That's true. Both of those 
qualities are true of human beings and they are both true at the same time. There's evidence of both on that same day for the reality of September 11th is both what those men did after hijacking airplanes and the phone calls people made from the upper floors of the Twin Towers, which were not a one of them words of hate, but were desperate phone calls to communicate how much they loved someone. Last year at the foot of Kennesaw Mountain, I heard a first responder speak, and in hearing him, I knew that the terrorist didn't win. That the last word on September 11th is not violence, but the sacrificial love which pushed so many firefighters to drive into the city even on their day off and to climb flight after flight of stairs in the hope of saving someone they didn't even know. So yes, on the one hand is terrorism. Genocide, slavery, racism, greed, and war. Still on the other side is love, literature, music, beauty, mercy, and grace. Therefore, Martin Luther, the great reformer who started the Protestant Reformation, which resulted in the formation of the Presbyterian Church, coined the Latin phrase, Semel justus et pecator, or we are simultaneously sinners and saints. We are marked both by Adam's sin and Christ's perfection. We can do what is right in one moment while doing the wrong that hurts us and our neighbor the next. Therefore, the old man once told his grandson, there is a battle between two wolves inside each and every one of us. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. The boy thought about it and he asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old man quietly replied, the one you feed. What I want you to know this morning is that there is sin in the world. There is also grace, and grace wins. Why? Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and conquered sin. Therefore, the Apostle Paul writes, we have peace with God and we boast even in our afflictions for God proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes now, sometimes you read Paul's letter and you think to yourself, that's a whole lot of complicated theological information and just a few short phrases. So let me say it another way. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. You know that song, the choir just sang it. Knowing where the song comes from makes it even more powerful. The whole story is in this month's church newsletter in an article written by Connie Caird. 
Basically, the story goes that John Newton, then the captain of a ship transporting men and women from West Africa to be sold at auction in the New World, all at once recognized what he was doing. Here he was, a human being transporting other human beings just like him from freedom in Africa to slavery here from their home to a land where they would be whipped, beaten, and forced to work without pay. When we find ourselves in such a situation, we all look in the mirror and say to ourselves, who could love a wretch like me? Yet came the whisper of great Amazing grace. What do you know about grace? We are saved by grace alone, says one of the five standards or solas of the Reformed tradition. When I say Reformed tradition, you may not know exactly what I'm talking about. Reformed is just a word we use to describe the style of Christianity that emerged from Germany about 600 years ago when Martin Luther broke from the Roman Catholic Church and started the Protestant Reformation. Thanks to the printing press from Germany, his ideas spread throughout Europe, eventually making it to Geneva, Switzerland, where John Calvin started the Presbyterian Church. Calvin's ideas spread to Scotland, where the Presbyterian Church really got going. As Scottish Presbyterians immigrated to the United States, there were so many that some in England called the American Revolution the Presbyterian Revolution. Now we, as members of the Presbyterian Church, are a part of this Reformed tradition which come down to five theological statements that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. The next several Sundays are focused on those statements. Today, it's grace alone. What does that mean? It means that when we look in the mirror and we can't imagine uh, anything about ourselves other than that we are wretches, lost and alone, defined by sin and shortcoming, grace is there. It means that while there is sin in the world and in our hearts, there is also beauty. It means that there are two wolves inside us all, but one will triumph over the other by the power of God. For despite our imperfections, in Scripture, God's love for us is described as the love of a mother hen for her chicks or the love of a father for his prodigal son. A preacher you, know, you may know named Ray Jones told it this way. He was walking his daughter down the aisle at her wedding. She had told him again and again, Daddy, just don't make me cry on my wedding day. Don't say anything that will make me cry. So he kept his mouth shut through the rehearsal dinner. He didn't give a toast or anything. But as he walked her down the aisle, he whispered to her, I love you. And as long as you live, you will never fully understand the gift from God that you are to your mother and I. If God is our Father in heaven, is God's 
love for us, not that kind of love. The kind whose love for us in just a few simple words can bring tears to our eyes. Now, now, what does it mean to be saved by grace alone? It means that whatever you've done or not done, wherever you have been or not been, no matter how far you've strayed or how weak or stubborn you've been, your heavenly Father is waiting for you with open arms to welcome you home. To be saved by grace alone is to remember that the God of the Exodus is still delivering his people from slavery out of a profound and powerful love. To be saved by grace alone is to know that the debts incurred by our own imperfection have already been paid off by a loving Savior who laid down his life to settle our account with his own flesh and blood. It's grace that we're talking about this morning. Amazing grace. Do you know what I mean when I say grace? Grace changes us. It replaces our shame with gratitude. And so, John Newton got off the ship and he dedicated his life to ending slavery. Why? Because God had set him free. What else could he possibly do? Likewise, the Apostle Paul told much the same story. To anybody who would listen, he would tell them, I was a persecutor of Christians. When the disciple Stephen was stoned, I was the one holding the coats of those who stoned him. I neither objected nor protested, but encouraged the execution of an innocent man. Still, Christ died for me. That's grace. Once Paul felt it, it was all that he could talk about. So letter after letter, sermon after sermon, everything he wrote can be reduced down to this one statement, Christ died for me. In the same way, I stand before you as your preacher, who in seventh grade was nearly a confirmation class dropout. When I was 16, I could be seen driving the streets of Marietta, Georgia in a 79 Chevrolet painted checkerboard. If you saw me, I was likely speeding, but I don't know whether or not I was because the speedometer on the car didn't work. But one day, grace got a hold of me. And grace wouldn't let me go. One day, I felt God's love, and I didn't feel it because I deserved it. I felt it because it's real. And having felt that grace, I knew what I wanted to spend my life doing. Not skipping church, but leading one. My question for you today is this. Have you felt it? Have you felt forgiveness? Have you felt God's unconditional love? Do you know what it is to be down in the pit? Sure, you will drown in darkness and shame only to feel the light of God's grace breakthrough. 
We are saved by grace alone, so our wretchedness will not define us. No, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. Christ died for me because we are worth dying for. How will you respond to this good news? As I said before, in the coming weeks, we'll be thinking about what we believe as Reformed Christians. How we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, which leads us to live for the glory of God alone. If you've felt God's grace, how has it changed the way you live? I want you to know that God's grace has changed me. I'm all in. What about you? Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.